3: What's up, New York? I am Rich Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. And man, do we have a bird's-eye view of what's going on in New York. But before we get into what's happening in New York, there's a lot of stuff going on. And that's why I like to keep it straight on the facts. Where I get my facts, just facts.com. They've got so much on their website that you can take a look from. And when they have new stuff, they don't bombard your email. They hit you with it a little bit at a time. So you can opt in. Sign up for the free emails. Do yourself a favor. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. That's justfacts, F-A-C-T-S dot com. So a few days back, two lawyers threw a Molotov cocktail. That's fancy terms for a Bud Light bottle filled with toilet paper and gasoline that they set on fire and toss like a grenade. The glass shatters. Boom. Everything is engulfed in flames. Yes. Two lawyers. Mr. Colinford Mattis, 32 years old, graduate of NYU Law, attended Princeton University, and Miss Uruj Rahman, 31 years old, were charged with throwing these Molotov cocktails and with the intent to distribute them because they had a gallon of gasoline hidden in the back of their car when they were stopped. But they were caught on camera tossing these at an NYPD van with four police officers inside the van. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm sure you've seen this on the news. But now the feds are onto them. Then over the weekend, there were violent riots and looting and acts of arson. One of those acts of arson was on a historic site, right in Washington, D.C., inside of Lafayette Park across the street from the White House. I'm sure you've heard about this by now because it was a huge deal when the president decided to uh, go and check it out and see what was going on. And it was an even bigger deal that he went there with a Bible in his hand. Now, the media, mainly Trump detractors in the media, but so many in the media, have gone after Trump for clearing out the park filled with peaceful protesters having a peaceful demonstration and him violently charging in there with all sorts of armored police. I'm in New York City. Every single day I cross the Hudson River from the beautiful village of Ridgefield Park into the hellhole that is Manhattan. And things are rough out here. That Macy's on Herald Square that I used to, in high school, cut school when they had the one-day sale, go and do some shopping because I like... Polo, Ralph Lauren, and they always had a great selection. I used to go there as a teenager all the time. I've gone there as an adult. It was trashed. They boarded the place up an entire city block. The store in Herald Square takes up an entire city block. It's massive. It was no match for the hundreds of looters that hit it up the other night. That's what's going on right now in New York City. Professional protesters that are trained in classrooms on how to wreak havoc. How to destroy are infiltrating, quote-unquote, peaceful protests. And for the most part, they are. But when these guys come, they hijack everything. And then they appeal to gangs and thugs that want to go in there and do what they do anyway. Looting isn't new. They do it during hurricanes. They do it in... Whenever they have a chance that they think they can get away with it, they'll do it. And there's always going to be that element of society. But to aid and abet those people and to just allow them to do it in the name of venting, is wrong. But again, NYPD police van, Molotov cocktails thrown at it. Cops are getting hit in the face. I saw a video of a cop getting hit in the head trying to grab a looter with a fire extinguisher. And immediately his head turns red because the blood just starts gushing over his head. This is out of control. Then on Monday, the president decides to put his foot down. He gives a speech unifying the nation where he talks about our need for creation, our need for peace. Listen to this. America needs creation, not destruction.
2: Cooperation, not contempt. Security, not anarchy. Healing, not hatred. Justice, not chaos. This is our mission, and we will succeed 100% We will succeed. Our country
3: always wins. Now, of course, after that, you've seen this all over the news, that Trump decides to go to check out the damage at the church across the street, known as Church of the Presidents. In the media, he gets crucified for this, claiming it was just a photo op. And I think to myself, what politician doesn't take photo ops? Like, seriously. Especially if you're the President of the United States, Protests outside became so violent. Or I hate using that term because that's really a media concoction. I believe that the people that went there to protest peacefully did. And the people that went there to set things on fire did. And they're not one and the same. So when the, let's call them Antifa, anti-fascist thugs, terrorists, mix themselves amongst the peaceful protesters, and they start burning down structures inside of the park and doing things like that, and they have to rush Trump, the president, into the bunker, For his own safety because they fear the White House may be under attack. As a citizen, I want the president to surface and come out and say, hey, we're good. Because I don't have a bunker. And as a citizen, I want to know that the guy in the White House understands my needs on Main Street. Which I think President Trump does. And that's why he came outside. And took a walk through the park. Holding his Bible, letting people know, got to hold on to your faith in these difficult times. But... The president's not allowed to take a walk to the park across the street from his house, nor is he allowed to do it holding a Bible. Apparently, because the media trashed him, saying that he tear gassed all the peaceful people. This, that, and the other thing. Now, again, when my kids were little, they came home with a notice, and the notice said that there was somebody going around town asking little kids to get in a car with them when they were walking home from school, and that he'd give them money, offering them twenty dollars or whatever. I was outraged. My kids were little, had two little girls under the age of six, and I thought to myself, this is not good. I went to get some coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts, and there was a huge sign that said, the police need your help, or sign up here to help the, the local police. I lived in a town called Nutley, New Jersey, and they had a, a police reserve unit, an auxiliary unit, that they accepted volunteers for. So I said, you know, let me find out more about it, since they were recruiting people. So I attended a abbreviated academy, included things like the use of force, how to use a riot baton in those situations. Mainly, my gig was you know, doing X amount of hours per year, helping out as a court officer, helping out when there were fires, when there was nor'easters that knocked down power lines and things like that, and they needed extra officers. You're there. By no means was I chasing down the bad guys like uh, you see on TV. But you learn a thing or two. Mainly, a lot of law while you're sitting in the classroom about the use of force and protocol. So not to get too into the weeds on that, the point of it is you give a lawful command to say, hey, look, right now you can't be here. This this is going on. That's going on. You know, let's say the governor was marching in a parade. We'd have to put up barricades, block the street. This is all very common stuff that nobody ever disputes. So when you have a a public official, in this case, the president of the United States, who's going to be taking a tour of the disaster or the the St. John's Church that was burnt, thankfully not burnt to the ground, somehow this is wrong when it comes to Trump and that they have to clear the park, I'm going to read to you from the statement by the United States Park Police, which is in charge of the park. It's a long statement, so I don't want to get into too much of it, but I'll I'll do what I can. Check it out. And this is from June 2nd. The United States Park Police is committed to peaceful expression of First Amendment rights. However, this weekend's demonstration of Lafayette Park across from the mall were not part of a peaceful protest. These resulted in the injuries of United States Park Police officers in the line of duty, the destruction of public property, and the defacing of memorials and monuments. During four days of demonstrations, 51 members of the United States Park Police were injured. 11 were hospitalized. It goes on. On Monday, June 1st, now mind you, they had the curfew set for 7 p.m. At 6.33 p.m., violent protesters on H Street, Northwest, began throwing projectiles, including bricks, frozen water bottles, and caustic liquids. So, caustic chemical weapons, right? Or at least chemical liquids that can burn or irritate somebody. Throwing them at police. Now that's, in my opinion, at least I think in most people's opinion, that's no longer considered a peaceful protest when you start throwing things that could burn somebody or really damage them, like a rock, a brick, or a frozen bottle of water, a block of ice. The protesters also climbed onto a historic building at the north end of Lafayette Park, which was destroyed by arson earlier in the other protests. Further collection of evidence found glass bottles, baseball bats, and metal poles hidden along the street. To put an end to the violence that was underway, the United States Park Police followed established policy and issued three warnings over the loudspeaker to alert demonstrators on H Street to evacuate the area. Officers mounted on horseback, civil disturbance units, and additional personnel were used to clear the area. Many of the protesters became more combative. They continued throwing projectiles, and attempted to grab officers' weapons. Officers then employed the use of smoke canisters and pepper balls, not tear gas. The United States Park Police officers and other assisting law enforcement partners did not use tear gas or OC scat shells to close the area. Subsequently, the fence was installed because they were trying to put a fence around the perimeter. United States Park Police will always support peaceful assembly but cannot tolerate violence to citizens or officers or damage to our nation's resources that they are entrusted to protect. that's the statement from the chief. So with that being said, the media conveniently tells the other side of the story, the side where the facts are omitted, right? And you don't get everything. They make it look like everybody was putting their hands up saying, okay, no problem. It wasn't about putting up your hands up and saying Black Lives Matter or anything else. It was about getting out of that area. If people stand there like they do with sit-ins and other types of things, they will get dragged out. In this situation, it wasn't just the sitting-in or people standing there with their hands up. There were people throwing things at the cops. So they took the appropriate actions. And the media has vilified them, trying to use this to yet again discredit the president. So the moral of the story, don't believe the hype. You can't believe everything you hear. And always remember, there's two sides to every story. So don't believe every single thing you hear. Now, in another interesting scenario, I wake up today, I see the news. Headline, NYPD officer is stabbed in the neck in ambush. Suspect is shot. That's Associated Press. U.S. News World Report. Three New York police officers were attacked and expected to recover after a man stabbed one of them in the neck in an ambush attack. Ambush attack. Does that sound like a peaceful protest to anybody? Now, of course, Everybody's going to say, well, you know, no, well, you know, nothing. Come on. When a cop is getting stabbed in the neck and they're sneakily doing it to attack police, this is an all out assault on the police. It's an attempt to overthrow the government. The police are the government. If they're not there to protect you and me or anybody else, whomever wants to use force can do whatever the hell they want. People seem to forget. But don't realize that the police are the first line of defense for both the citizens and for the government. They're in a unique and precarious position. I always give kudos to the NYPD. I've got family that served in the NYPD. I'm a big supporter of the Boys in Blue. I always back the blue. And I think most Americans typically do. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what I'm seeing now with crowds of people chanting FTP and all these other things... It could be that things have changed where we no longer look at police as heroes. And yeah, there's a few bad apples, but that doesn't spoil the bunch. Every time I've needed a cop, they've eventually showed up, (laughs) sometimes not as quickly as you'd like, but they're there. And nobody's perfect, and no system is perfect, and I'm not here to say that if they do something bad, they shouldn't be held accountable. No, quite the contrary. Everybody should be held accountable, irrespective of what your job is. But to blanketly indict the police as just being bad is completely unfair. It's completely unrealistic, in my opinion, just the same way it is to do that to any race. Sit there and say all Puerto Ricans are bad or all Puerto Ricans are good or vice versa, whatever. It's all a bunch of BS. The reality is that there are terrorist organizations, enemies of the United States that want to turn Americans against other Americans divide and conquer and it's been going on for a long time and in the last episode of this is america i alluded to it a little bit but from then till now there's been some explosive video that came out from project veritas and the reason i think it's explosive is why because it's in their own words working with veritas i learned a latin phrase which is in vino veritas which is latin for in wine there is truth Now, these guys weren't drunk, but they might as well be because the things they're saying are outright crazy. So keep it locked right here. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This is America.
1: This is America.
3: All right, America, welcome back. And as promised, we've got the man behind the video that everybody's talking about. It's exposing Antifa. It was trending on Twitter, and Twitter did what they do to quash that. But the man, the myth, the legend, my homie, James O'Keefe, welcome to This Is America. Hey, Rich. Great to be with you. What's up, my brother? So tell me what's going on. I guess, you know, we were limited on time because I heard that Sean Hannity's trying to scoop me. So uh, <laughs> here's how that goes. Uh, two questions. One, talk to me about some of this Twitter action where they're trying to keep the video off, and then we'll get into what's the most explosive part of the video,
1: in your opinion. I think the most explosive part is we filmed their training, anti Antifa training, where they're talking about gouging out people's eyeballs. And, and destroying the, their, quote, enemy through kickboxing and other violent techniques. Now, people have said that Antifa is not a organized or uh, with a central kind of brain trust, but this video clearly shows they have trainings, they get together. Uh, there's an individual named in the video from Sweden, from Europe, who organized it, so it's kind of international now. So this is an undercover investigation, the first one of its kind, of someone actually going undercover and videotaping Antifa training.
3: That's insane. So let me ask you, what, what is it that Antifa can expect from Project Veritas moving
1: forward? More videos. We have another video coming out from New York City tomorrow morning, actually, uh, showing uh, refuse fascism, anti-fascism activities, where there's more of this eye-gouging and you know, violent, just awful things. And and what we found is that the the reason they justify it is they view this as a form of self defense, even though it's not really self defense. In fact they say they're changing the definition of self defense. It's really kind of strange. It's and their philosophy is I would characterize it as not communist, but more nihilism, just chaos and violence for its own sake. And the literature they've given out to read, it's it's almost incomprehensible. So you know, we, 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 we're the person who did this spent a long time. It's recorded in the state of Oregon. The group is called Rose City Antifa. And, uh, again, planning acts of violence. We hope we hope that this video uh, inspires other insiders to come forward and, and we'll give them cameras for them to do the same. Excellent
3: work. Now, th- you mentioned that it was very uh, kind of nihilistic. And from that perspective... Where do you think they get the roots of this nihilism from? What teachings, what readings, where are they getting the, the bulk of their philosophy?
1: Well, there's, there's a, a lot of it's grounded in this, uh, this book called The Coming Insurrection, which is one of the books that they uh, told people to read. A, a lot of it's from, I, I, you know, it appears to be coming from this French radical leftist anarchist sort of writings and it, uh, it this this these books sort of hypothesize an imminent collapse of culture it's published about 10 years ago it's kind of a manifesto and it's and it's uh, you know just i would i would characterize it as the time period before the french revolution this is sort of a anarchist philosophy and there really is no logic to it. I mean, I've been reading this stuff, and I can't figure it out. I would, I would just say that they're obsessed with committing violence, and they treat violence as an end in and of itself.
3: That sounds pretty radical to me. So going back to Twitter, you, you've never had a really uh, enjoyable love affair with Twitter, the same huh. way the president doesn't have one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and that's been in, in headline after headline recently. Uh, what's going on with Twitter
1: What's going on with Twitter is there's probably some there's 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 uh, there's shadow banning that was one of the investigations we mm-hmm. did in 2018, but they're probably de throttling, de boosting, or otherwise censoring the trend. So this video has something like a quarter million tweets about it. That's the number one thing all day everyone has been talking about, and not the number one trend on Twitter. So. At this point, we understand that Twitter wants to censor content. We just want them to be honest about it. They're a private company. They can do what they want. I just don't think it's right for them to lie about it and say they're not doing it. Clearly, there is an, a, a person working uh, on Market Street in San Francisco in their building, uh, de-throttling it and removing it from the trend. So we just want them to be honest about it. There's nothing wrong about what we exposed. There's, there's plenty of videos on Twitter that are more egregious than ours, and those stay up. So it's a political thing, and if these companies want to do this, I just think that they should be honest with the American people about their policy. I'm not saying that they have to be regulated by the government. I'm saying don't lie under oath about it, Jack Dorsey.
3: And you know what? A word to the wise for Jack and anybody else out there at, uh, in Market Street at Twitter. They should be careful who they're working next to because your cameras have reach.
1: I, I think so. I think they're afraid... I think they're afraid of um, of being caught, and I think that Ver- Project Veritas has done this very interesting thing in a culture where people are actually thinking maybe someone next to me is wearing a camera, and it's kind of forcing people to be ethical. It's forcing them to be virtuous, which is not as good as them themselves choosing to be ethical. But it's I think what you're seeing is they're just going to drive the fraud into the shadows. They're going to make it. They're going to make the fraud harder to find. It's always about the exposure of corruption rather than the corruption itself. So Antifa, this is a hard group to, to penetrate, to investigate. This is a hard group to infiltrate. It's harder than Google, in my opinion, to investigate Antifa. And it definitely appears to me that Antifa has some training, some, almost some counterintelligence training from some people who know what they're doing. Mm. This is not a fly-by-night or an amateur operation. These are, these are professionals.
3: James O'Keefe, keep making them live up to their own book of rules. This is James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, and we thank you for everything you're doing, brother. Thanks for joining the show. Thanks, Rich. Of course, that was uh, James O'Keefe, founder, president of Project Veritas. Now, let's listen to some of the audio from this investigative report. This is a Project Veritas investigative reporter embedded undercover as an Antifa thug, videotaping the meetings and describing what it was like how they were forced to leave their cell phones in a bathroom and then go to the back room of a restaurant where these meetings were taking place so that they couldn't record or transmit any information from these secret meetings where they were saying some pretty crazy things. Listen to this.
2: So currently I am a prospect for Rose City Antifa and I am about halfway through the prospecting process to become a full-fledged member of Antifa. If you ruin their day, if you, like, heckle them, you make them feel like they look ridiculous, you make them feel outnumbered, and therefore their whole yay, yay, America, Trump thing is going to go by the wayside. Uh, they reached out to me through Proton Mail, and we went back and forth, and there was a, an, an interview set to meet up in Portland. So to verify that it was me, they had me wear a white shirt and have a water bottle and show up at a Starbucks where a person was going to ID me and approach me and ask who I was and I told them and I followed them to the destination where the interview was going to be held there um, we went to a place called Imperial they were getting this Trade craft from someone else, someone with much more experience, someone who did this for a living. Caroline, which is the founder of RCA, moved to Sweden with her husband, who is a dual citizen. So there, there's a back and forth with a European connection. Rose City Antifa holds required lectures for prospecting members in secret at, in other words, bookstore before they open and as part of their security culture, they require us to put our phones in the bathroom in next door. Uh, this bathroom is not only away from the main room where the lecture is taking place, but also has a fan that muffles any sound from the room. The whole goal of this, right, is to get out there and do dangerous things as safely as possible. How violent is Antifa or RCA in particular
1: Practice things like an eye gouge. It takes very little uh, pressure to injure someone's eyes.
3: Now, if that wasn't bad enough, these people are admitting that they want to destroy. They're not here to put a dent in the system. These people want to take things
2: down. Listen to this. The whole goal of this, right, is to get out there and do dangerous things as safely as possible how violent is antifa or rca in particular
1: practice things like an eye gouge it takes very little uh, pressure to injure someone's eyes
2: they do not hesitate to either push back or incite some kind of violence in our classes and in our meetings before we do uh, any sort of demonstration or black block you know we talk about weapons detail and what we carry and what we should have what is black block well, this is black block right now. The term is used to uh, a tactic in which individuals conceal their identity to look uniform so, so that no one can be identified in an act of a crime. With RCA, it seems much more structured, almost like a company or like a business. So, you know, I feel like there is some type of outside funding influence or resources being used.
1: Consider like... Destroying your enemy, not like delivering a really awesome right hand, right eye, left eye blow, you know. It's not boxing, it's not kickboxing, it's like destroying your enemy.
3: Now now you know I'm not making it up. They literally said go for the eyes. We're not here to to just stun this a little bit. We want to burn this mother down. My words, not theirs. But still, they meant that. I mean, it wasn't but a few months ago when the Bernie bros said that if Bernie didn't get the nomination... They were going to do what?
0: If your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, uh, religious, uh, like for whatever reason, like things that people can't change, then you should expect a violent reaction. Mm -hmm. And you deserve a violent reaction. Mm -hmm. Be ready to be in Milwaukee until the DNC convention. We're going to make 1978 look like a Girl Scout hookup. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting beaten in Milwaukee.
3: That's right. These guys know exactly what they're doing. These are militant anarchists. They don't like the government. They don't like rules. They don't like the police. They don't like you. They want power. Just like Mao wanted power. Just like Lenin wanted power. Just like the Bolsheviks wanted power. Castro and so many others that adhere to communist philosophy. Mao Zedong from the... Uh, Communist Chinese Party back in the day said political power comes from the barrel of a gun. He said that these people know how to achieve what they want to achieve. The worst part is that we also know. And we just kind of think, I guess, nah, they're not going to do that. Oh, no, I don't think they're doing that. We bury our heads in the sand to believe that everything's okay. Meanwhile, for five decades, they've been taking over so many key industries So many key institutions in America, the media, the classroom, every level of government, unions. And again, just to flash back to the last episode we did, if you listen to that article that I read from Marxist.org in episode 132, you'll understand what I'm talking about, how they use race to divvy up class structures. It's sick stuff. So what do we do? Well, A, we got to know what's going on. We got to be aware There's no way we can defend ourselves if we don't know what the hell is going on. There's no way we can prepare our children if we don't know how they're going to be attacked in the classroom, on campus, on social media. We're stuck in a world right now where one side of the story gets through. One side of the story becomes truth for so many people. If there's ever been a time for you who likes to listen to radio, likes to watch TV, and is informed because you like to read, now is the time for you to inform others. Right now, the cops are still there to defend us, and they're taking a whooping. But if these guys have their way, there won't be any cops. They want to defund the police. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America.
1: This Is America.
3: All right, America, welcome back. Again, this is Rich Valdez with an S, and overall... People that lean to the left tend to embrace elements of communism and give them different names. AOC gets applauded when she says things like, we need to abolish ICE because it's a segment of law enforcement and she can attach it to a emotionally charged issue of putting kids in cages as they like to say it, right? This is how you use the most diminutive form. You minimize the impact of saying they want to eliminate jails. They want to eliminate cops and jails, and not for any just reason, but for the sake of utter lawlessness, weakening society, weakening the system. They know who they appeal to. They know if you're content and you own a home and you own a business and you're doing okay in life, you may be the capitalist pig that they're coming after, but you're not big enough like Bill Gates to put a target on yet. But make no mistake, they're coming after our way of life. So when they say defund police, that's what they mean. They need a certain group of people to do their bidding. And it's not you and me that are going to do it. This is why they want to decriminalize everything. And coalesce these different groups of people to do their work, to join their movement because they know that we won't. Because why? Because we want to see our kids do well in school. We want to see our kids do well in business. We want to see our kids do well in life. And they don't. Because doing well is an example of capitalism working. Doing well is an example of America working. And the left hates that. The left hates that capitalism works. The left hates that America works. This is why so many pick a side. I know which side I've picked. Do you? I choose America. I choose liberty. I choose doing what's right, standing up for what's right, law and order, not chaos and lawlessness. We all need to step up. United we stand. Divided we fall. I always leave you with these admonitions from people that I I think got it right and have been before us so they know a little more. Hamilton says, don't get duped. Don't be a sucker. If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Sir Edmund Burke The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to sit there and do nothing. I paraphrase, that's right, because that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing good people sit there and do nothing. These people are in the streets protesting injustice. God bless them. Why aren't patriots in the streets protesting the injustice of allowing our police officers to be pummeled the way they are? Why aren't we holding our elected officials accountable right now? Where's the outrage? People are dying. Cops are being ambushed. And so many of us, myself included, are just talking about it on Facebook, talking about it on Twitter or Parler, Parlay, Instagram. Is that good enough? Hell no, that's not good enough. We need more. We have to reach more and do more. I'm not saying to take to the streets with guns. We do have a military and I do believe that the president will do what's necessary to if he's really backed into that corner. But we do have other ways of doing it. So until I'm blue in the face, I'm going to talk about it on this microphone. If they invite me on TV, I'm going to talk about it there too. Every last person I meet, I'm going to talk to them about it. And you need to do what you can do as well, because America is counting on each of us. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America, I'm Rich Valdez. This is America.
0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org register.